So we have Peter Ako on the line now joining us to have a chat about cigarette butts. Cigarette butts, nasty little things dropped in their trillions every year around the globe. Peter Ako is the founder and director of TAG, the Tobacco, Alcohol and Gambling Advisory Advocacy and Action Group. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Anne. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad, actually. Warming up a little bit in the studio now. Oh, that's nice. So, you know, we've. I was reading this article about um, cigarette butts dropped in their trillions every year around the world and people not realizing that there is some plastic components in the butts and this is not the, the plastic filters and they stop grass and clover from growing normally, and they are a huge hazard to to the environment. Yes, it's always been like that. I mean, the latest experiments that are coming out from universities and people are just looking at new things to discover about the bad things about cigarettes. There's nothing good about cigarettes and smoking, nothing. I can't think of one good thing. Um, This latest information that comes out is just putting cigarette butts in, whether they have been smoked or not, they did it with both, into pot plants and then putting a definitive number of seeds in each pot and comparing the seeds which came to shoot in the pots that had a cigarette butt, smoked or unsmoked, and those that did not have a cigarette butt, and fewer seeds grew in those with cigarette butts. And so it shows stunted growths. But, you know, the, the new experiments are just showing us new stuff about which we should be frightened. We've known this for years. Certain beaches around the world have banned smoking on the beaches because of the butts that get thrown on the beach, make their, find their way into the sea and kill fish and sea life and little plankton and all sorts of things. It's horrible. So... You know, what What uh, interested me about this is that I have not seen anyone, and maybe it is just me, so I'm glad we, we've got you to chat to about this. Maybe it is just me, but I have not seen anyone advertising or campaigning for people to be aware of what they do with their cigarette butts other than do not throw them out of your car window and be aware that they start fires. Well, the first thing to do is not to smoke. Stop smoking, then we remove the problems of lung cancer and all the harms that you cause to yourself. We remove all the problems of secondhand smoke that causes to others, family and friends and particularly children. And we then remove the problem of pollution because not only cigarette butts, remember it's millions of packs. But as we're talking about cigarette packs, uh, butts, let's just look at the numbers because you mentioned trillions around the world. In mm. South Africa, we have about seven to eight million smokers. Wow. Let's take, let's take the lower number, about seven million. Right. Average number of cigarettes smoked a day is about 14. We know that some people only smoke five, but we know that others smoke 60 a day and more. So average of about 14. So 14 cigarettes by seven million smokers, that's 98. Call it 100 million, but... A day. A day. In South Africa alone. Yes, 30 days, 3 billion. 3 billion 
but a month. I'm gobsmacked. in South Africa. And some people live on the coast, uh, as do your listeners around Cape Talk, and you get mm. beautiful, pristine white beaches like mm. Clifton. You get other beautiful beaches like Musenberg, wherever they are. Millions of cigarette butts that find their way into the sea. Plus, it's all over the place. You have smokers that come to visit your house and they smoke and they throw their butts. Even though you might give them an ashtray, they throw their butts on the lawn. And then you wonder why you have patches on the lawn that don't grow. I, I don't allow people to smoke in my property. People who come to me and, and smoke, they are smokers. They either just don't smoke for the hour or five that they're with me. Or if they want to, they go out in the street. Smoke in the street. Don't allow it on my property because there's a habit of smokers. Of Not all of them. We can't generalize widely. But many smokers will extinguish their cigarette in pot plants and mm. in flower beds and uh, on your patio. Even though, let's say, your patio or your stoop has tiles. Why do you mm. want to throw your butt down there and stomp on it and make a cleaning up mess. It's just horrible all around. There's just nothing that I can think of that is good about cigarettes and smoking and the product. No, I, mean, 40, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I haven't done the arithmetic, but we can do it quickly. About 14 a day. If we take it at 20 a day, that's one packet times 7 million. Seven um, smokers, right? Right. So that's 7 million packets. If it's only 14 a day, let's call it 5 million packets of cigarettes a day. If that's not thrown out in, in South the Africa. Street, yes. If that's not thrown out in the streets, and if it is thrown into dustbins, it finds its way into landfill sites. That's true. Now, the cardboard and the paper might be more degradable mm. than the cellulose the, uh, wrappings and the um, silver paper in mm -hmm. cigarette boxes but the cigarette butts that result in getting thrown out it's made from a cellulose a kind of a plastic uh, this latest research by the way says that it's biodegradable in about 10 years i remember long long ago reading that it would take 10,000 years i and i haven't bothered to check the research because it doesn't matter if it's 10 years even i use a product that has no good purpose to serve because the filter doesn't save a life when you smoke it. Mm. That's true. That's true. And also, if you think that a lot of people who smoke, smoke for their whole life. Uh, I mean, a friend of mine, his dad died in his 80s. And his father had been, he died from, I think, emphysema. I mean, not a big surprise, and I'm not trying to be nasty, but he'd been a smoker since he, his teens. So I was amazed that he lived to be in his 80s, um, having smoked since he was in his teens. And um, he, at the end, when the doctor said to him, you know, you, you need to stop smoking, and, and he said to the doctor, look, I'm going to die anyway, which was correct. But the point to me, I think, is more about the fact that how many butts did he drop in his lifetime, and I'm not talking from a littering perspective because I don't know, and that's not where I'm going. But I'm just yes. talking from the the if if we're saying 14 a day is our average, and this this man lived to be let's just go for 80 because he was somewhere in his 80s. So let's just go for 80, and he's been smoking since he's a teenager. So that call it 60 years. Call it 60 years times 14 cigarettes times 365. Yes. I mean, that's 
astronomical. And, and even if they were going to, um, if it did take 10 years, uh, you know, for them to, to be fine, but it's 10 years over 80 years. But every 10 years, whilst they were, if they did biodegrade in that time, he was just filling it up. But, but that's like my point. It's like a never-ending cycle. Exactly, yes. exactly. So yes. And, and that's, that's, that's my point, is that for most smokers, they smoke for long periods of time. Um, and so in that time, if, you, if you're smoking for 20 years, that's 10 years and 10 years and 10 years throughout yes. those 20 years. So it's kind of like it's a never-ending story. It is a never-ending story. There's always going to be cigarette butts around because as you, and we know people do quit smoking, but there's more people who start smoking. And that's the sad tragedy of the whole thing is that around the world, I can't remember the number right now, but those millions of smokers times an average of 14, it just, you mentioned trillions of butts, mm. but it, I, I don't, the number is frightening. It's too it's too large for an average mind to comprehend. If you think about it in South Africa, three billion butts a month. I, I'm shocked by that. I'm frightened by that. Now, so some people quit smoking, others start smoking. It's still three billion butts a month. Yeah, that's true. And if they buy the grade in 10 years, you know, take three billion times 12. I'm not even going to try and pronounce <laughs> the number. <laughs> three yeah. billion times 12 times 10. Yeah, yeah. And so... If we start today, in 10 years, we fall. Yeah, that's quite a And we, we just keep filling it up, we, mm. you know. So from year one, butts are biodegrading, but in year 11, we're adding again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we keep topping it up. We keep yes. topping it up to the point where it doesn't actually matter if they do. And, and I'm saying if, because I'm, I'm not sure if it is 10 years. Um, so... Even if they do, we still keep topping them up. So we negate it, actually. Totally. And, you know, one of the things that this research showed, and I don't know why they did it, but they did it with clover. Um, you can do it with any plant you like, I suppose, and you'll find that some of them will grow less than uh, those that do not have a cigarette butt in a pot in which you're growing it. But clover is very necessary for, and as are all plants around the world, for giving us sustainable food supplies. And to get sustainable food supplies, we need bees. And so we kill bees. And, you know, without bees in the world, no food. No we, food. we end up with mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. So the cigarette butts are just adding to that totality of the problem which we're experiencing right now in the 21st century of overpollution and plastics. The, the big problem is really plastics and cigarette butts are plastic. It's also interesting to me to to think that uh, every year the price of cigarettes goes up because they get syntaxed as well, but people still keep buying them. Yes, well, let me make one small correction, if I may, Anne. Mm. It's normal. We call it the minister does, and I'm trying to get successive ministers to stop saying what you've just said and calling it syntax. It's not a matter of taxing people for the sin which they have of smoking and, and drinking throwing into the same basket. I, I prefer to call it a health tax because that's what it is. It's to try and tax people into health. And the reason is that people do carry on smoking, too. people do buy cigarettes. And our problem with the tax regime is that it doesn't make cigarettes less affordable. The key to tax is using it as a mechanism 
to make the retail selling price, the cost to consumer, the affordability must be less and less over the years. The cost to consumer must go up and up relative to inflation. As Iraj Abedian, a well-known economist, said, any regime like this must be applied consistently so that it makes cigarettes progressively mm-hmm. less and less affordable. So it must go up beyond inflation. The analogy is very simple. Imagine if a packet of cigarettes tomorrow, now they're averaging about 30 rand, 30 to 35 rand. They are cheaper ones and they're more expensive ones. But imagine if a packet of cigarettes tomorrow morning was 100 rand. It's not going to happen, but just imagine that scenario. 100 rand. Many, many, many people would stop smoking. There are, of course, going to be those who are so heavily addicted who won't stop smoking and can't stop smoking. They'll carry on no matter what the cost. But a hundred rand a packet of cigarettes, many people will stop smoking, a huge proportion of current smokers. And the other key is that many people will not start. So a hundred rand a pack, oh my God, I'm not starting that. I'm not even going to try it. Mm. And that's the key to tax. It's to tax people back to health and the environment, as we're now discovering, more and more and more air pollution, of course, we know that from secondhand and from thirdhand smoke, but also the other pollutants that are getting around the country, like the boxes, and now the, the discussion is cigarette butts. I can tell you, by the way, that Greenpeace is getting involved with it as well because they recognize uh, what they find with cigarette butts and pollutions in the ocean and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Greenpeace is getting involved. And there's going to be some lobbying of Parliament with the assistance of Greenpeace and taking up the cudgels because of the problem that exists and continues to exist because of the cigarette manufacturers who make a product that now, as we know, doesn't only kill half its users. Mm-hmm. They're responsible for manufacturing and marketing a product that will kill about half its users prematurely. But now they're also making a product that does pollute the environment, all the environment, whether it's the seas or the, the, the sands or our gardens or agriculture. It's all pollutant and it's just frightening. So now I, I have another question. It's... It's a statistic, so I mean, I totally understand if you don't have it at your fingertips, but if there are 7 million smokers in South Africa, how much money is being spent on cigarettes? Well, you can work that out, and those figures are available. 7 million smokers average uh, 14 a day. We know how many packs from analysis of uh, VAT and taxes on tobacco products. We know how many cigarettes are being sold a day, and I don't have the number in my head right now. But Mm -hmm. there's a unit at the University of Cape Town. Uh, In fact, they're involved in what is called the Economics of Tobacco Control. That unit is involved in just the economics of tobacco control. So you sell cigarettes, you get tax. So the government now has an income from the product. But there are the other problems that have it. such as what's the cost to public health? Because people get sick and they have to be treated in the hospitals. If you're in, uh, on a medical aid, if you're lucky enough to have a medical aid, then you get treated in hospitals and your medical aid premiums go up because of the burden mm-hmm. created by smokers. Mm-hmm. In public hospitals, it's paid from the, the fiscus, 
which mm-hmm. is everybody's tax money, and those costs can be saved. If you think about how many people have, for example, laryngectomies, they get cancer of the voice box, they have to have their voice box removed, and post-operative, they have to have all the devices which have to continually be cleaned. You have a little hole in your throat, and you need to have a device that um, helps you breathe and covers it to, to filter out particles that might get through that into your lungs and, you know, dust and all sorts of things. And that post-operative care, plus teaching people to speak again, because you have no vocal cord, you can't speak. I mean, imagine that. It's frightening. If I said to you, Anne, now you can't speak, and I said to you, hello, what's your name? It's like, <laughs> you can't speak. Scary. So all those costs to the public health care system can be avoided, and it's much bigger than the tax income. Add to that the pollution problems, add to that the littering problems. So we have dump sites, landfill sites that uh, are dedicated. Some part of it is, of course, dedicated to the, the litter that's created by tobacco products. Gosh, I mean, it's actually, it's just astounding. It's just astounding. Um, it, if I hadn't already stopped smoking a year ago, I would stop right now <laughs> <laughs> well congratulations and is it a full year yeah. yeah yeah you know what we're saying we know that people do relapse they can relapse uh, three months six months and so on but if you've been off tobacco products and nicotine addiction and feeding that addiction mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. year um, around the world that's kind of the benchmark to say you are now officially a non-smoker when you've stayed off for the year. And the advice we give, Anne, if I may mm-hmm. do this for you and for sure. our listeners, mm-hmm. is never, ever take another puff. Never. Because the, the power of the nicotine addiction is massive. And if you take one puff, you could find yourself back onto a pack a day. Mm-hmm. We say a puff away from a packet a day. Oh never take gosh. another puff. But congratulations, you're officially... A non-smoker. <laughs> no, thank you. And let me just in, invite our listeners also, if they have any questions for you, to call us on 21 WhatsApp 0725671567, SMS 31567, and tweet at Cape Talk. And the number again to call 021-446-0567. We're speaking to Peter Ako, founder and director of TAG, and that's the Tobacco, Alcohol and Gambling Advisory Advocacy and Action Group. And we're talking about cigarette butts dropped in their trillions around the world annually and the risk they pose to the environment because there's plastic in those butts that take decades to degrade. Um, So this is a huge issue beyond the health issue. We So one of the things that, that's always interested me is, I don't know, and maybe maybe you can, you can help me with this, um, when I look at very, very old movies and people are smoking cigarettes, they seem to not have filters at the end the way we know filters to look like now. Is there a difference between those cigarettes and these cigarettes when it comes to biodegradability? Well, certainly cigarettes have changed for decades. One thing that cigarette companies have done is found ways to make them more addictive. 
when the health scare came mainly after the United States Surgeon General, a guy called Luther J. Terry in 1964, it goes back before that, really. There were Richard Dahl and other researchers in England uh, made these findings in 1950 already that smoking causes lung cancer. In 1964, when Luther Terry published his Surgeon General's report, that's when it became kind of mainstream knowledge. And people were scared about cigarettes. And the companies now began to create things like filters and light and mild cigarettes. Anything to make people believe is, oh, we've now made cigarettes a little bit safer. We've made it uh, not as dangerous. We have these filters that take out the tar because if you look at a smoked cigarette, the filter's brown. Mm. There's a lot of tar, but it doesn't work very well. Still, a lot of tar gets into your lungs and causes things like lung cancer and emphysema. Um, So these are creations by cigarette companies to create the illusion that they're giving you a slightly better product. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember there were, and I don't even know if they still exist, uh, cigarettes that had um, charcoal built into the filter. I know and, nothing. <laughs> yes, they, they had charcoal pellets built into the filter and they were advertised as multi-filter cigarettes so they had the cellulose and the little bits of charcoal and all illusions to make the user believe Mm. and potential users believe that these cigarettes are safer. safer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would imagine that cigarettes without any filters or out anything like that are more biodegradable because you end up with lots of chemicals of course but tobacco will biodegrade the unsmoked Mm -hmm. version Mm-hmm. The ash is ash. Yes. But uh, the unsmoked version of the tobacco mm-hmm. is going to be biodegradable like any other plant. Uh, the little bit of paper that's wrapped around it to keep the cigarette um, you know, in a tube, as it were, that paper also has additives in it um, to keep the cigarette lit. Right. Uh, there's, there's additives to that because, you know, you normally if you leave a cigarette in an ashtray, you just light it and leave it in an ashtray, it'll burn to the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those chemicals were added to make the cigarettes burn to the end. We now have reduced ignition propensity cigarettes. And in theory, what happens is along the shaft of the cigarette, there are little like speed bumps almost. So if you light the cigarette, it'll burn up to one of those speed bumps and then self extinguish unless you suck on it. As long as you keep smoking it, it'll keep it'll burning. Keep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you leave it on its own, it should stop burning when it reaches one of those speed bumps. But all those so chemicals... So that's also chemical, right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, they've added chemicals. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you like to have a guess as to how many chemicals are added to tobacco to make a cigarette? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> they're varying numbers, but it's around about 700, and it depends on the brand and the manufacturer. Okay, so, so Peter, I, I want to ask you a question about mm-hmm. that, but I want to just take a call quickly. Uh, Diane sure. Diane is calling us from Seapoint. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Anne. Thank you Anne, for your I'm, patience. No problem. I want to tell you, I smoked 80 cigarettes every day from... I started at the age of 13, okay? And at the age of 50, I needed a major operation. And they wouldn't operate 
unless I was smoke-free. So I had to go cold turkey. It was the hardest thing. It is more addictive than Coke. And after that, I was constantly sick, sicker than I'd ever been before I Mm -hmm. stopped smoking. Mm -hmm. So the youngsters Mm -hmm. out there, really, it it is the worst addiction. I tell you, Dacha or the others, Coke, not that I agree with drugs, but... But from from your perspective and from what... My perspective, mm -hmm. and I want to tell you, in Australia, cigarettes are so expensive, so expensive, and this is what this government should do. We have to die. May I ask you, when did you stop smoking? How many years ago? Um, I'm now, call it 13 years. And are you happy? Are you satisfied? Oh, God, yeah. It was hard in the beginning. I can't, I just... I, I, in the beginning, I used to smell the cigarette. It was very hard. I was very tempted, but I knew one puff and that would be it. And my father also was a heavy smoker and landed up with emphysema. And the cortisone they had to take, he had to take, crumbled his backbone and his bones. Oh dear, yes, it is bad. Yep. But the reason I asked you that, Diane, is because I want listeners to hear it. And if I say so, they say, oh, well, that's a guy talking. He's anti-tobacco. He's an activist. He's an advocate. I want it from someone who's experienced it because I've heard this very often from smokers like yourself who say to me, it was tough. It was hard. I struggled. And then comes the inevitable but. It was worth it. I'm now free and I'm happy and I'm satisfied and I can taste my food and I don't stink anymore. My health has improved. There's that. As tough as it is, Mm -hmm. there's always the but it was worth it. And I wanted you to tell that to listeners who may be smokers to encourage them to quit. And can I just give you a psychologist who I was friendly with before she left the country. She said to me at the time, Diane, Take a a soft ball and squeeze it in the hand that you used to smoke and and take something and suck on it. I used to take a pip and suck on it. Diane. And that helped me, yes. Can I just ask a question? Now, you said you smoked 80 cigarettes a day. Every day. From the age of... Of 30? 20. Of 20. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah, so we've done a little bit of maths, mm-hmm. right? So according to our maths, okay, so we, we used 13. We didn't use 20, so we're a little bit out. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we can just adjust it by, I think, maybe 15%. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we, what we figured out here in the studio is that if you were smoking 80 cigarettes a day. Right. And you the stopped. Money. The money, number one. Number two, that's uh, something like 29,000 cigarettes a year. Mm-hmm. And over a million cigarettes mm-hmm. for the period that you smoked. And I'm just like, my mind boggles. Mm-hmm. My mind boggles. And, and, I, and I'm saying this not as an anti-smoker, um, mm-hmm. because I know for some people it, it's, it's, an, it's an addiction. It's an addiction, and I'm not about to beat people up who are fighting an addiction. Mm -hmm. And and as someone who has smoked, I certainly Mm. cannot get on a high horse 
Um, right. and, and, and that's never going to be who I am. But I'm just, wow. I mean, that's, that should be a few hundred thousand rand as well. Absolutely. This is what my accountant pointed out to me. <laughs> um, he broke down how much a pack cost me. I used to buy three packs of 30 and what it was a month. Right. And what it would be a year I was spending. And he said, if I didn't, I could save that and go and visit my children and afford to go to Australia where they are. Wow. Wow. Let me, let me just read to you guys quickly. I've gotten a a message from one of our listeners. I started smoking at age 14. At age 22, I started cycling and I quit. Uh, at that time, I was smoking two packets of 20 a day, but he quit. I was 32 when I met and married my wife. She smoked, and as we were driving, I would light one and hand it to her. Within six months, I was smoking two packs a day again. Eleven mm. years later, we separated and divorced, and six weeks later, I, I'm assuming, this is Anne speaking now, sorry, I'm assuming mm-hmm. six weeks later is after the divorce. Six weeks later, I quit overnight. And I've never mm-hmm. had a cigarette since, and that was 18 years ago. I detest smoking, and I'm an avid anti-smoker now. Uh, my sister-in-law died from emphysema from smoking, and my ex-wife now also has emphysema. And one last thing, mm. that what this gentleman said, okay, it, it, there's one thing they must know. If you decide to quit, it's easier than when you're forced to quit. Right, right. And, and that's it. And I also feel how he does because you never know when you need a, a, a huge operation mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. addiction mm-hmm. And, and the money. Yeah. That's yeah. what it costs. And, and, and what these youngsters think they hit, so did I. I hung around with older people because, and they were all smoking. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started yeah. at age 13. I think a lot of times people just don't notice or they don't realize. I'm, I'm currently watching a French uh, series, and mm-hmm. uh, one of my, uh, my teenager was looking over my shoulder and goes, Oh, my word, Mommy. These French people, no offense to French people. Remember, we are responding now to to the program that I'm watching. They mm-hmm. just smoke anywhere at any time. Um, and and this little teenager of mine was quite sarcastic, was like, oh, let's have one on the way to the car and let's have one in the car and let's have one at the office. <laughs> and and I yeah. just, you know, and, and I just realized how when I watch South African shows, there's very little smoking. Well, and the reason is that it's changed over the years. I've come across an old series of the saint, Mm. uh, you know, Mm. the Simon Templar, Mm. Leslie Charteris character. Now, it started being filmed. Roger Moore was playing the part of Simon Templar. And there's an amazing number of stars in there, by the way, including some of our locals like Erica Rogers. But be that as it may, about... I'm guessing now about 60 to 80% of the characters in the Saint series smoke. Roger Moore has virtually on every scene a cigarette in his mouth or is lighting a cigarette or is giving a cigarette to someone. Mm-hmm. And we know what the reason is. It's not that more people smoked at that time. Mm-hmm. It's because the tobacco companies paid scriptwriters to write scenes in series and movies for smoking. 
They paid scriptwriters to create those things where it would say in the script, light a cigarette, offer the lady a cigarette, and on whichever line they said. That is now reduced a little bit. We know it still happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rocky, for example, you know, big, tough Rocky, Sylvester Stallone. Mm. He was paid, I don't know, maybe 20 or, or 25 years ago, he was paid $20 million to smoke in one of his Rocky movies. Well, it's a lot of money just to have a scene where it's smoking. That is a lot of money. That is reduced now. And certainly in South Africa, I see far less smoking. And I've got to say kudos to the actors, kudos to the producers, kudos to the directors. They don't necessarily show um, mm -hmm. gratuitous smoking mm -hmm. scenes. Mm -hmm. If but, you're showing, mm -hmm. let's say, if you make a series about Picasso, he was a smoker, so you'd have to show the character mm, occasionally smoking. smoking. Yeah, but yeah. it's not gratuitous anymore, mm. and I'm grateful for mm. that. Mm. Look, I must say, when when this comment was was made by the teenager, I realized I hadn't even noticed the smoking because I was engrossed in the in the storyline. Um, and I think for them looking over my shoulder and and hearing the French they didn't bother to get engrossed in the storyline. They were just looking at a little bit of what happened. But hearing that comment made me think of, for example, the Marlborough Man, because this is a modern-day um, episode. So that kind of triggered me to thinking, wow, we don't do that anymore. We don't have people smoking in, in, our, in our shows. And, you know, took my mind back to the point of the Marlborough Man and how – those deaths started to happen and people then started to realize there is a problem with smoking, but it used to happen kind of, you know, um, commonly. It was commonplace. In well, because the tobacco companies knew about marketing and they created these images which they wanted smokers to emulate, the tough, rugged country cowboy. And many brands had these type of characters. And you know what the sad thing is that 90% of them or something died of lung cancer. Mm -hmm. mm, mm, I hear what you're saying. Diane, do you have a comment on that? Yes, there was actually, and I can't think of recall the name of the American TV series where the firm were selling cigarettes and made it very glamorous. Um, mm. It was, uh, I think, 15 years ago. I can't quite, but mm -hmm, I watched mm -hmm. it. It's mm -hmm. Um, and there, they, they, you, it, 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 you had to, you know, they yes. like enticed you to smoke. That it was hip, you know, glamorous, and if you wanted to get ahead, that's what you had to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that... I agree with gentlemen, mm -hmm. Mad Men, it was called Mad Men. Oh, right, right. That was also a very popular series. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. John Hamm. That's mm -hmm. coming back to me. I've just got and... another. I've got another message that I want to read quickly mm -hmm. from Teresa in Paro, saying, "Good morning, all. How ironic!" And I think she's uh, responding to the conversation we're having. Uh, it's mm -hmm. my seventh day being smoke-free. After having bronchitis, I decided to stop. It's tough, but I really want to keep pushing through. Teresa, congratulations on your seven days being smoke-free. Um, it is tough. But if you can make it another week or so, I think you'll be home free. What do you say, Peter? I think it's wonderful. Can I give Teresa well done on a week? Can I give you a little tip? If you smoke a pack a day, 
and uh, you didn't mention in your message how many, but let's say it's a pack a day. Let's say that's 30 rand because some packs cost 35, but say 30 rand a day. Every day when you wake up, take 30 rand out of your purse and put it in a jug or a jar or a vase or something on your dining room table. And at the end of the week, you'll have 210 rand. And at the end of the month, you'll have 900 rand, more or less. Mm. And at the end of the year, you'll have enough money to go for a holiday to Mauritius. <laughs> I like that. Why didn't I think of that when I started? <laughs> well, I can still reward myself, I guess. You <laughs> so, can. It's yeah, an encouragement. Such... Just you, exactly. you see the money grow. You yeah. see the vase getting full. And then you know you can put it into a separate account and say, this is my cigarette money. My That's goal true. is, and it, it can be a holiday in Mauritius, you can yeah. say, I want to buy myself a new refrigerator or a washing machine mm-hmm. or whatever it is. You make that your goal. And you let's say you want a new washing machine. You select what you want, get a picture of it, and let's say it costs 9,000 rand. Uh-huh. You put it next to the vase, and you know and how much you're saving a day exactly. and a week and a month. And you, and you also, can work out the date on which you buy it. And you could also actually look at that money and go, I am so many rands healthier as well. I'm so many rands um, richer and healthier. Yes, it, it can be so much fun <laughs> with a little struggle of, you know, having the cravings and trying to get through the addiction. Exactly. And say, oh, I feel like a cigarette. You look at that and say, hey, and I'm going it. to Mauritius. Peter, thank you so much. We're just about bumping up into the news. Diane from Seapoint, thank you so much. And Peter, Peter Ako, founder and director of the Tobacco, Alcohol and Gambling Advisory Advocacy and Action Group TAG. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's one o'clock. Mark.